ruins everything. That's not the episode we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> uh, welcome. Another time we'll talk about menstrual cycles and birth control. Yes, we'll have Carrie back on to talk about that. Uh, welcome, you guys. What an awkward way to start a podcast, but welcome back to Resident Skeptics. Um, now, there might be a couple things that you notice. One, this is not Connor. Um, we have had her on before. This is Carrie Olinsky as a very special guest. We loved having her on that we thought we would bring her back as a substitute co-host because Connor cannot be here today. Um, so we hope that you enjoy that. And you might notice that my voice is slightly deeper, maybe a little bit sexier. Um, that is because <laughs> that is because I have recovered from the flu, but did not stop me from being here today. Yeah. So uh, don't worry, I'm not contagious. Yeah. Carrie is fine. We're just having a Phoebe moment. That's what yeah. that's what you're a having. Phoebe moment. What's from that? friends where she got sick and then she had this like really raspy, sexy yes. singing voice. Yeah. My, I don't know if you've ever watched Friends, but No, never. Um, yeah. No, that was kinda something a roommate and I did in PA school. We would come back and watch one episode of Friends just to kind of just to breathe after yes. eight hours of constant lectures and uh it was one of those episodes where she got this really sexy voice and was able to sing phenomenally. Wow. Um, yeah. So I won't be singing for you guys today. <laughs> uh, you probably don't want that. Um, but we have a ton of stuff to cover. We've had a lot of guests on recently, one of which being Carrie. Uh, so we haven't had a chance to catch up on all the news that's been going around. I mean, we don't have time to cover it all, but yeah. a lot of things we want to cover. Uh, we're going to cover the midterms. We're going to talk about Trump. Uh, we're going to talk about Balenciaga. We might even talk about Kanye West. We'll just kind of see uh, how this goes. Yeah. Um, but welcome to another episode of News Corner. Uh, and we're going to start off uh, with what on earth happened with the midterms. Um, that was a thing. Yeah. Because we were thinking, a lot of Republicans were thinking, man, you know, it's going to be a red wave. Um, we are going to just, one, we're just going to totally take over the House. We're going to take tons of seats and we're going to take back the Senate. Yeah. Not only did we not take back the Senate, uh, we're still obviously waiting on that runoff mm -hmm. um, race with Herschel Walker and Warnock, um, but we barely took back the House, um, yeah. which was not at all expected. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this as well, about what on earth do you think happened with this election that caused us to not experience a red wave, but more of just this kind of red trickle you know through a broken faucet and that's kind of how it felt yeah. it was incredibly disappointing it was really really disappointing um you know I think that especially in the local elections that we saw um I was able to help a, a few of the local candidates and I'll just not name names but just locally and I think there might have been sort of an oversight in terms of the unaffiliated voters I think a lot of us thought that the unaffiliated voters were going to vote Republican. And in fact, I actually question whether or not they voted Democrat. Um, and so there could have been this sort of preset mind or mindset that, oh, unaffiliates are going to vote. I think nationally they might have voted more Republican. I don't know that statistic for sure, but at least locally in, in Mecklenburg County, um, they didn't. And it, for, from what we can tell, and I think a lot of the, the data and, and what we're seeing nationally is going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks because we're seeing right. even with locally, I know you didn't mention it, but Elon Musk and how uh, government has yeah, a, we can a talk tie, about that too. Yeah, a, a tie um, and how how they were 
interceding with the First Amendment rights and how that played into candidacy and, and everything like that. So there's a lot that's going to be happening and sort of I'm hoping to unfold over the next couple of weeks. But right now, we obviously are still seeing consistently that there's been issues with voter fraud. Sure. And so how that plays into this, you know, I haven't deep dived enough to in, into it. And I know there's conspiracies out there, but we are seeing evidence and truth come out that there's been issues with not only voter fraud, but the the votes in and of itself have been yeah. taken, in yeah. lack of a better word to say. But well, we have um, Maricopa County. Um, that yeah, is kind of where I was thinking about. Right. So I think, you know, there's a there's you're probably you're touching on a couple of different things here. You're touching on uh, some level of voter fraud, which, again, uh, I believe there's probably voter fraud or some sort of voter tampering in every election uh, to what extent we don't yeah. know for certain. And so that's it's not for me, at least it's not a tangible variable where I'm like, I can really grab really grab hold of that on a national level, but somewhere like Maricopa County in Arizona where they had, you know, 30% that are machines like malfunction, you know, that's kind of a problem. Like that's really, really sketchy um, at this point Um, in regards to other counties across the nation. We don't really know at this point. Um, And I think you brought up a very good point about um, unaffiliated voters. And I'd also add into that independent voters, um, my my partner, he's an independent, and so, you know, he kind of talked to me, and he was like, I don't really like the Republicans a ton with what they're doing. I don't like the Democrats either. Mm-hmm. And so, as he, and he said this before the election came, before we had the midterms. I was like, okay, whatever, whatever. And so, it comes, and sure enough, like, you know, the Democrats really didn't win, and the Republicans didn't really win. Like, mm-hmm. it was kind of just, it was kind of like a stale almost like a stalemate because the Democrats are not doing good stuff. Like it's really obvious that their agenda isn't working, but then something's gone really wrong with the Republican side. And so I got to think if you're an independent, like what, what my partner said, I was like, that's pretty accurate. Like if you're trying to get the independent vote, they don't know where to go. They don't like either side of what they're seeing. And so they're just kind of like, we don't know what to do. And that was kind of one of the things that I thought about when it came to this election. And um, we talked, and this was another thing I want to get your thoughts on. We talked about this with Tyler Lee, who is one of the House candidates that we ended up interviewing. Awesome guy. Wish he would have won. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, but that one, we were we were watching the results all night, and it was it's such a blue area that would have been awesome if he had won. Yes, it would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, but still an awesome guy. And I kind of expressed to him an issue that I was having within the Republican Party, where it feels like there's this split that's happening where um, you have some Republicans that really think that that Trump endorsement is going to be it. Like that's what's going to give them that ticket with those Republicans. And I think with some Republicans, maybe, but for independents, I don't think so as much. But anyway, in the Republican Party, then there's also people who are not super happy with Trump with the way that he handled January 6th and the messaging, his PR messaging that came out, which was very odd and you know whether or not you agree if you love Trump or not like it just wasn't that great and so I kind of told him I said I'm concerned because I think there is this tear that's happening internally and I feel like the midterms might have been a a result of this happening where we can't get people to kind of you know within our own party to agree like we're fighting uh within ourselves I don't know what your thoughts are on that 
Yeah, I was actually uh, just talking to my dad on the way over here because I wanted to get um, sort of a new, we haven't gotten to talk about um, his thoughts on Trump candidacy, and I wanted to get sort of an, well, he's part of the boomer generation, and so Mm -hmm. I wanted to get a boomer generation point of view. Um, I do agree with you. I do think that there is this split that's happening in the Republican Party, and I think there's very true MAGA um, very, you know, pro-Trump and want him to run again and are going to vote for him diehard fans. Right. And then you have a lot of uh, Republicans, um, and I think it spans all generations for both, um, mm-hmm. you know, pro-MAGA and um, Republicans who are not pro-Trump. And, you know, and I've talked with a lot of individuals, candidates, not candidates, young, old, and or older, I should say, and um, there's a lot of people who liked Trump as a president, but they don't obviously like his political stance and and actually feel that they would vote for a, a different candidate. Um, so to your point, I think there is this split and I you know I don't I think we'll just have to see what the next coming weeks will show. But um, yeah. you know, hit yeah, I don't know how much more of a thought I kind of have on that, but I yeah. do agree with you that there is this split. But I will say one thing is with me, I don't know if this is the difference between uh, younger independents or older independents because I've talked to a lot of independents, and at least from from my experiences, a lot of the independents were actually voting Republican mm-hmm. because they did not like to see where the Democrats were doing with that or where they were going and what yeah. they were doing. And, yeah. and, you know, I think what Republicans, at least this is my perspective, is Republicans saw how bad Democrats were doing mm-hmm. things and how yeah. much division and how much aggression was coming out from that side that I think they assumed that more was going to happen from the Republican side. And maybe that was just, that was a bad assumption or are we still dealing with things like Maricopa County that have just been so vocal, but we're, we're not seeing it publicized as, you know, nationally. So we don't know about it as much. Um, But the things coming, what you were saying earlier out of Maricopa County are just awful. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there is one thing for sure with Maricopa County. I don't know if there's fraud or not, but one thing is for sure something's off. Something is definitely off. And so there is reasonable, um, there is reason for suspicion. Let me just put it that way. If anyone is like, oh no, there's nothing going on. It's like, you have every right to be suspicious at this point. If you take that long, you have cameras cutting out, 30% of your machines aren't working. You know, the longer it takes to, you know, tally up these votes, um, you know, the more suspicious that we should be. And you know what, we're, we're in, we're in a superpower country and we can't, you know, Florida went through a freaking hurricane and they got their results in the same day. Like, yeah. And then Arizona is intact and taking like weeks. And I was literally, I was doing stuff on Instagram about this where I was like, oh, you know, a sloth could, could, you know, uh, travel across South Africa faster than, you know, Arizona is going to count in their votes. And it was just becoming so absurd. Um, And so I think people have, people have a right to, and, and this is a Another point too is I think it's a really really bad situation that we're in if both Democrats and Republicans don't trust the elections. Like yeah. no one trusts the election. This and is like an interesting time that we're living in for sure. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of I'm gonna kind of come a little bit into exactly what happened with the midterms. Um, I do have a few a few articles, and this is the thing, and this will kind of lead us into talking about. Uh, Trump's big announcement, which 
we'll get into that. That's that's a thing. Um, but so a lot of things were very interesting about Trump um, in regards to these midterms is that he ended up endorsing um, quite a few people. He ended up endorsing quite a few people. Um, but there's a lot of reports uh, that he really didn't give any money, uh, not as much as he should have been giving. So he didn't put a lot of financial stake into these elections. Um, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to endorse uh, a certain amount of these candidates. One of which, uh, one of those candidates would be <laughs> Emmett Oz, okay? And so you have someone like Emmett Oz, Herschel Walker. These are not fantastic candidates. They're, in my opinion, they're not very good. No. Um, they're very bad. Um, but he picks them. It's like, oh, because, you know, they got good showmanship, you know, oh, you know, all this yeah. stuff. And and so it kind of tells you where Trump's brain kind of goes, where he's like, oh, if, if they're just like a good showman like me, then they'll be okay. But at the end of the day, they are kind of crappy candidates, which is what made me think that the reason why we didn't have that turnout for Republicans is because, one, we had some level of Trump endorsement, which was kind of an iffy um, you know, will this work? Will this not work? And then secondly, the candidates also sucked. And the, that was kind of the thing too. And not in all places, obviously, you know, Emmett and Herschel, you know, there's, there's, those are two of them out of, you know, we had our own candidates here, um, in North Carolina and I thought they were good candidates. Um, I thought they were good. Um, are you talking state wise? Are you talking more local? More local. Okay. A little bit more local because I don't know about the entire state. All I know is Ted, at least we got Ted Budd. Ted Budd did make it in. Um, that's, then we got Michael um, stating the judge. Yes. We got him in. All the Republican judges got in. Which is good. Which is huge. It's good still, stuff. I wish we're running into a part where I actually talked to a prosecutor for Mecklenburg County and I was like, hey, why isn't there more? This I know this is kind of a side tangent, but why isn't there more? Um, judges that we can get running more Republicans. Cause if you looked in at least Mecklenburg County, there was a, I don't know, 10, 13 seats that were unopposed to the democratic judges. Mm. And she's like, well, she's like, yeah, it could be more money, but it's also to them not as, I wouldn't say entertaining, but it's, it's the, it's the type of work that you have to do as a, as a sitting judge yeah. on the court. And um, they're like, some of that doesn't attract a lot of, lawyers to want to run for a judge position yeah and so but there's also a, those are two very easy things to pick um we talked about a lot of different things but she just said that um you know it's it's not everyone's interest to run for a judge and it takes a certain kind of person and so um i wish there was more people running republican at least just to give an option to choose you know yeah. regardless yeah. but no, it's true we just don't it, it's not as easy as like me just kind of picking up and running for city council. Right. Judges are, you know, you have to have yeah. that expertise, you know, that's, that's a different, that's a different beast. Yeah, absolutely. But I am happy that all the Republican judges, even in Mecklenburg County, um, got in. Yeah. Like Matt Osman got in. He's a really great guy and has tons of experience being Navy JAG. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of great positives there, but I hope that we can see more of that across the board. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, I mean, again, we didn't have very good candidates, and so the issue that I'm seeing here is so he, a lot of the things that he does, Trump is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bring in, I'm going to elect, not elect, but I'm going to endorse these people. And then he kind of like blames them when it doesn't go right. It's almost very childish um, to a certain extent. Um, and so there is an interesting article by Daily Wire um, just about Trump attacking a Republican U.S. Senate nominee, Don Boldick, for losing after Trump endorsed him. 
Um, and this is what Trump said. Don Baldick was a very nice guy, but he lost tonight when he disavowed after his big primary win, his longstanding stance on election fraud in the 2020 presidential primary, Trump said. Had he stayed strong and true, he would have won easily. Uh, lesson learned. Um, but according to this article, he lost by 8.8 points. Um, and this kind of gets into another part of the why Why is it that Trump's endorsement is starting to lose its flavor, it's starting to lose its hold. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Trump, as there can be two things that are true at the same time. Trump was a good president, and he also probably shouldn't run again. Those could be two things that could be true at the same time, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but with this... A lot of the things that he's harped on for the last two years, that the election was taken from me, all of this stuff. And listen, I'm, you know, you might have a different opinion on whether or not the election was stolen, right? So that to me isn't really the arguing point. The point is that at this point, people, they care, but at the same time, they're really they're really tired of this line where it's like, hey, um, you know, our gas is up. Uh, you know, our grocery bill is up. We are more domestically insecure than we've ever been. We're more globally insecure than we've ever been. Um, they're trying to trans our children. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're still harping on this election. That's all you can do. And clearly it's not ringing a bell with voters, even if it's true that the election was stolen. So we grant the, we grant the conclusion that it was stolen people still are not wanting to hear about it a ton. I think it just depends on what population we're talking about, right? Like if we're dealing with diehard MAGA people, then they're going to go along with it, you know? And and Carrie Lake was one of those I thought was a fantastic candidate. She was a good and, candidate. She was. And proved to go against a lot of the things that were getting thrown at her. But she was one of the candidates that were, you know, was very pro-election, stolen, and um, – and she and she lost. Now, granted, probably not the best example because we just talked about how Arizona. Was yeah, totally I'm still up. I'm still not sure if she <laughs> I'm, actually I'm, lost. Yeah, I don't I don't think she lost. I really don't. Um, but we'll see how that all pans out in the next, you know, several weeks to yeah. a couple months. Which is I know. insane. It's insane that we even have to wait that long to figure yeah. out. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Um, and there's a lot of obviously uh, issues and contradictions from uh, Katie Hobbs and everything like that. But to digress, I think it just really depends on the population you're talking about. Because what we alluded to a little bit earlier was you have your your diehard Trump fans who are always going to believe that the election was stolen, um, and then you have the I I feel that there's a, a mix of generations, but then you have those maybe moderate Republicans who maybe thought Trump wasn't an okay president or agreed he was a good president, but didn't like all the PR, didn't like how he was divisive nationally, um, whether that was to his you know to his own issues or not yeah um and and they don't want to see him run again it's sort of like hey let's go past the trump era and let's move on to the new like almost like new blood and you know i i think yeah so i think it just depends on who we're talking to sure um regardless of what people think if the election was stolen or not stolen um i you know I don't know how to really answer this question i've i've gotten this multiple times in my own candidacy of whether or not the, I think I had like four or five questions or emails of, hey, do you think the election was stolen? And, you know, I think with it, there's, there's so many issues that came about from that, that 
with all of that being 100% perfect, we'll, ne- we'll never know. Um, but I do think there's inherent errors that led to seats being stolen, but where that is across the board. I yeah. have to do well, a the election dive. was rigged for sure. And it was absolutely know that rigged. was rigged. Yeah. And and Elon releasing um, all these First Twitter. Amendment. Yeah, we we now know. Um, and we what well, we knew all along um, that it was being that these stories were being suppressed on behalf of the Democrats and behalf of the Biden team. Yeah. Um, so we definitely know it was rigged. There is no question in my mind yeah. about that. But yeah. you're absolutely right in regards to knowing how far this went. We might never know. Um, are Americans that stupid and hated Trump that much that they voted for Biden? I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a few. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's people that hated Trump so much that they were happy to have a very senile, uh, creepy old man um, as their president. And that's just how it happened. Um, but there are a lot of Republicans that want to move past the Trump era, and which what kind of gets us into our next thing. Um, so, you know, midterms happens, and uh, Trump's like, all right, I'm going to make my big announcement. <coughs> there it is. <laughs> there it you got to get one in. Yeah. <laughs> he makes... He, he makes, he's like, I'm going to make my big announcement, right? And so, you know, he's on Truth Social saying, oh, we did great. And everyone knows that the Republicans did not do well. And so it would have made sense for Trump to announce his run. It's like, whoa, we just, we swept the nation. You know, it's covered in red. And Trump comes out and he's like, I'm running again. And we're all like, ah, okay, cool. That didn't happen, though. And so he decides, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and announce this because he can't help himself. But what leads up to that, I think, is very interesting. Um, and so he he goes after Ron DeSantis um, at this point. Yeah, he which goes, wasn't a good move on his part. Really bad move. He went after uh, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, Ron DeS- just going after him, basically saying, you know, I, I helped you win your, you know, your primary. You couldn't have done it without me. And then he goes after a very, I'd say, moderate Republican Glenn Youngkin. Like he goes after Glenn Youngkin. And so he's, this is very odd for Trump though, because Trump, he doesn't really attack unprovoked. Like he just unprovoked, just attacks DeSantis. DeSantis has done, he said nothing. He said absolutely nothing that would warrant a kind of attack like that. Well, didn't he go against, um, you know, Trump, I think his biggest thing is being loyal to him. Right. And then if you sideswipe that, he's, yeah, you're like a one and done. Sure. Um, and so I think with him didn't, um, and I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't, but didn't Ron DeSantis kind of go against the, the election being rigged and stolen? I don't remember. I him. can't remember. I, that's, I, th- I don't think he made a big or deal maybe out against of it. The January. I don't think he made a huge deal out of it. That's the I thing. I can't remember what he said about January 6th. Um, something that I feel like <laughs> I should know, but, um, I can't remember what was said. And I feel like it was maybe around that time that he kind of was like, oh, okay, then we'll will go against there was something where he was sort of to divide not I don't think intentionally it was just sort of like hey I'm going to go my own way kind of make my own path and I don't know if Trump really it doesn't seem like Trump really appreciated whatever he was doing I think Trump just doesn't appreciate that DeSantis is getting more traction it, it could be, it could uh, be which an, is an alpha male sort of yeah well that's kind of here that we're, we're seeing 
Yeah, there's um, I'm just looking at some of the polls here for Trump. But anyway, Trump Trump does announce his presidency after kind of going unhinged a little bit on on DeSantis um, and Youngkin. And so there's a lot of mixed results. Obviously, you're correct. You know, in some areas there, you know, they felt really good about it. And, you know, it is important to note that areas where Trump was already very popular, like those seats were won. Um, but in the areas where Trump was kind of an iffy, like that, those is where those seats were kind of lost. So you make a very good point there um, that he did definitely win some areas, but those ones were more expected um, yeah. for him to win. I think my dad said on the way over here... Um, don't quote me on this, but and it might be good to kind of look look over. But I think out of the people that he endorsed, I think only twenty lost. But there was a they were more kind of purplish areas or highly contested areas. And then you're also dealing with the you know how does the gerrymandering factor into this? Mm-hmm. You know because even locally we're dealing with um, some of the Democrats that won were in areas where they're like Gaston County, Gaston County has always been super red, mm-hmm. but in this, this, um, year in Congress district 14, it takes Gaston County and part of uh, Mecklenburg County. They and did some, yeah, they did some redistricting. There's, just, there's this yeah. redistricting er- part of it. And it's like how much of this really played into obviously this election, right? Where yeah. some of those Trump people might've also lost. So I, I don't well, know. I don't know the data behind it. It would be good to get a strategist. But you're bringing up a good point, though, is that I think, you know, we can look at all these different variables and I think they all play a part. It's oh, so yeah. intricate um, and we can point out some really obvious ones. But the redistricting thing is a big deal. Um, that's something that, you know, Tyler Lee had talked about a little bit um, and that the Democrats, they tend to like to do that. Uh, and so that can kind of cause there to be a shift yeah. in your voter type Correct. for sure. Um, so anyway, so Trump's, he's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And so definitely looking at some statistics here, um, and looking at an article from the Hill, um, that kind of talks a little bit about some polls, um, that were coming out. Um, it says, quote, both YoungGov and Morning Consult conducted post-election benchmarks and Trump's fortunes are falling across the board. Morning Consult has the best polling for Trump, but Trump's favorable rating with Republicans edged below 80%, while 61% of Republicans still want Trump to run, 73% of independents don't. Trump's ballot test against DeSantis fell from 48% to 26% advantage pre-midterm to a 47% to 33% advantage. This is down um, eight points. Um, so it tells us that that Trump, and not Trump, I'm sorry, that DeSantis, all the polls that I've read have said DeSantis, for now, is starting to rise above Trump. Um, and I think there's also something very important about this. We like to look at the Republicans um, but what's important to note here is 73% of independents don't want Trump to run. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's and the independents are the most important to me. Because Republicans, you can kind of count on Republicans to vote red. Count on Democrats to vote blue. But with independents, they kind of help swing things one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you don't have your independents you might not be able to get where you want to. But I know you know a little bit more about kind of the way that independents work and the way that uh, Republicans work just a little bit better than I do. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what the independent voter is overall across the country. Do we know that? I don't know. Is it one? I, I don't, I can't imagine. What are you looking for? Ins- like, what's the, the overall percentage of independent voters in the nation? Let me look. I can't imagine it being in double digits. 
but I am, I almost question really at this point, and, and I think this was a shift over the last couple of years, particularly since the 2020 election is really, we're, I think it's the, the unaffiliated voters, which is really mm-hmm. going to make the impact. And, um, an article I read in, in, in that unaffiliated voters is you have to look at obviously certain demographics. Like I read an article just earlier this morning when they're talking about the runoff between Warnock and Herschel Walker, they're actually really pushing the, I forget what the acronym they called, but I think it's called Asian American. It's AAIP. I don't remember what it stands for, but it's essentially this Pacific Islander. It might, Asian. But it was IP, I think, versus PI. It could be PI, that because that would make more sense with Pacific Islander. Mm-hmm. But they're going after this demographic that has grown tremendously, um, but they tend to vote more Democrat. Um, so that doesn't really <laughs> kind of prove my point any. But I think at least what we're seeing here in Mecklenburg County, um, and, and I think over nationally, is the unaffiliated voter because mm-hmm. to me at least they're going to be split either way. Yeah, You know, their unaffiliated voters are Republican voters that are conservatives who wanted to step away from the Republican Party because they didn't like to see what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And then you have the same thing from the Democratic side. They're Democratic voters that did not like where the Democratic Party was going. Right. So they're just like, well, I'm just going to come unaffiliated. Um, and it's actually interesting. A lot of voters that when I went door to door for my campaign, a lot of people thought they were independent. But they were actually listed as unaffiliated. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I had. Very interesting. I've had, I think, gosh, at least four or five, and they're like, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm listed on independent." And I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because I get to look at. Um, there's kind of a list, and it lets us know, you know, what houses you're going to if they're independent or unaffiliated. You know, just watch party. And I said, "Well, it sounds that you're listed here as unaffiliated, so I don't know if you want to be independent." I said. You should and we, look and we actually talked about the pros and cons of that and just kind of gave them a little bit of education um, in terms of pros and cons of being unaffiliated versus independent. Right. And I said, go make your decision, but you're listed as unaffiliated. So a lot yeah. of people thought that they were switching to independent voting and, and they're not. So um, very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think the unaffiliated voters are really what's going to be the the interesting part of the upcoming elections. Yeah, no, that 2024 election is going to tell us quite a bit. Um, and, you know, in, in regards to, cause we're going to get a little bit more into this Trump and then bring DeSantis into this situation because we already have, um, because he, he goes ahead and he, he, dis- he attacks DeSantis and then he kind of, it's this unprovoked strange attack and then he gets up and he does his speech, right? His speech is about an hour long. Admittedly, I have not listened to the whole thing because I don't care to. I've listened to as much as I need to. And it was a good it was a good speech. Like, it was a good speech. Um, but still, he had that mixed reaction. And this has kind of been my opinion regarding what's going to happen with Trump and DeSantis. Because I've, I've had a lot of time to think about it. I don't have all the strategy, you know, stuff in my head and all the different variables. But I thought about one thing where you have, again, you have inflations up. We have we have a lot of domestic vulnerability. We have global vulnerability. Uh, we have a lot of uncertainty. There's two things that I think, there's one thing I think is true. Both Biden and Trump represent some type of chaos. One, one type of chaos is much worse than the other, granted, because Biden has created this chaos, his administration has, um, for the most part especially with Afghanistan, uh, and then the boldness of Russia to go forth, and then who knows what's going to happen with Taiwan and China. And so then you have Trump, who is, he could give a good speech, a decent speech like he did, 
um, at Mar-a-Lago. And then the next moment, he could go on Truth Social and say something completely weird and out there. He's chaotic in a completely different sense. We can't count on him to have a consistent character because I think he's always trying to push down his own narcissism. And he just can't, it, it just kind of keeps coming back up and so that, okay, we've we got the speech planned but, and he does the speech and it goes well and then he just can't help it and then he has something to say. Um, and it's interesting because this just came in a little bit ago. This was on uh, Saturday. Uh, basically, uh, where I don't know if he means to do this. Again, this is the problem. He doesn't think before he speaks. Um, the This truth social tweet i'll actually just go ahead and read it it's it's the english isn't even that good okay so with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception this is in caps in working closely with big tech companies the dnc and the democratic party do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out that is also in caps um, and declare the rightful winner or do you have a new election a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules regulation and articles even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Okay. When you call for perhaps changing the Constitution, again, I don't know if it's that's 100% what he meant, but either way, he can't form a, a good sentence. Like, he's not good at forming good thoughts. And so when you have a nice speech and then you have something like this where you, you're trying to make sense of it and you're not really sure... Um, Either way, would have done a bit of a better job. You can take a better look at it if you want, Carrie. Um, but he represents a level of chaos and uncertainty where he's asking all of his voters to do all these things for him, uh, where in the past he's like, you know, I can do these things for you. Now you take a look at someone like DeSantis, all right? So we're in this chaotic situation, a lot of uncertainty. DeSantis, we can count on him to be steady, we can count on him to call out the bull crap. We can count on him to put forth legislation. So in a time of uncertainty, who are you going to go to as a Republican, unaffiliate, or independent, even a Democrat? Are you going to go to Trump, who you can't, you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth the next day? Or are you going to go to DeSantis, who, you know, is pretty steady, pretty calm? You know, he doesn't have the same track record as, you know, being president of the United States as Trump does, but people have a short memory and they're like, we see DeSantis right now yeah. and we see what president Biden's doing right now. And we like this. And so that's kind of been my overall theory for why I think DeSantis on a very base level, I'm not bringing in a ton of politics. I'm just saying human emotion wise, why DeSantis might look like a better candidate than Trump does at the moment, whether you're a diehard Trump person or not. I mean, he's America's better. governor for a reason. He is. Right? He is. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's doing a good job for now. Like, I hope he doesn't get cocky. Uh, I hope it doesn't get to his head. <laughs> I hope that he keeps it cool. I hope that, you know, Trump provoking him does not lead him to say anything to p essentially play in that game. Right. Of of engaging kind of the same, you know, uh, childish boyish behavior um that that trump has i know it's a long winded explanation but i feel like that kind of sums up how i feel about the whole thing yeah i was looking at um potential candidates for the presidency um like i know chris christie mike pence was listed um tom cotton Oh, I didn't realize he was listed as a. Well, potential. I just know I don't know if he's listed or not. Well, it's all talk, I'd like right? None him. of these. People yeah, I'd like to see it. him. I'd like to see him run. I mean, I like Tom Cotton too. Yeah, um, 
but I think the obviously the two front runners is going to are going to be Trump and DeSantis and if DeSantis even wins. I had an interesting thought that was posed to me earlier was whether or not or or maybe Ron DeSantis isn't really making his candidacy because would he be on the same ticket as Trump, you know? And I don't, I don't know, know if I see that and but to that point the person's like, well, you know, if he's going to be on the same ticket, he would make more of an impact as governor than he would as vice president. And so it'd be worthwhile for him just to stay as a governor of yeah. Florida and just make that state better, even better than it is than right. being in a vice president role. And I do agree with that. Um, I do. I, I would agree with that as well. Yeah. I don't know if Ron DeSantis is feeling pressure to be thrusted into the, into the presidential candidacy, um, you know, cause he's, he's alluded, to, I'm sure he wants to, I'm sure he wants to run. Uh, it would be surprising if he didn't want to yeah, run. Yeah. But whether or not, this is the right time. Like, is he going to choose to go against Trump? Because that, that obviously is going to make news and just. All, yeah. All well, I mean, you know, it everything did. Across. It did. It, it already has. And right. I think he's been doing good at trying to just push it down. And, and, and he's doing the right thing, in my opinion, because Trump has announced this way too soon. He really should not have announced it. It would have been in his best interest, but he can't help it. Yeah. He can't help it because he loves himself. He, the guy. <laughs> Listen, I don't. It's true. I don't know how. Like, there were people in 2016 who's like, well, I'm not voting for him because of his character and voting for what he can do as president. And listen, I partially agree with that, but the Trump that we see now is the Trump that was always there. It was. It's the same Trump. He likes himself. He's a narcissist. He likes himself. He did some good stuff as president, though, so we can appreciate that, right? I can. I can appreciate that. Say he did a good job as president. Don't want him to run again. But he did a good job, and this is and this is the same case. This is the same case. He still likes himself, and that's why he can't help it. He's got to say something. He's got to say something outlandish, and he's and then as people tell him, "Hey, you know, take it back, take it back." He's like, "Okay, I'll take it back," and then he just jumps right back out again. Like he can't, <laughs> he can't stop himself. Uh, and so you have a president that, or a former president, I guess, that can't control themselves, and that's a problem. Um, and, you know, he's done some good stuff on the world stage, too, which, I mean, there's there's been some really funny tweets where he's gone after China and told them what he's going to do to yeah. them, and, which, honestly, I, I absolutely loved it. But I think DeSantis has the same bite um, with more self-control. And, I agree with you completely. And I, really I think that's do. what people and I think that's what people are gonna want um, at the end of the day. I think he would appeal to more of the mass of the conservatives, yes. regardless if they're unaffiliated, independent or Republican. The masses, I think Ron DeSantis will. Trump is obviously gonna be divisive, like we talked about earlier. I do think there is control. This is my own speculation and this is kind of just what I've observed, and obviously I don't know either of them personally. Um, and would love to get your comments um, too about how you think about this as well. But you know, Trump, I, there's a lot of questions also, too, of who Trump is surrounding himself by. You know, earlier mm -hmm. on in the presidency, yeah. there was a lot of very faith-oriented people that were surrounding him. And and I still think throughout his presidency and now, there's still a lot of faith-oriented people like Ben Carson and there's some other very huge leaders um, that were very faith-based and, and Christians and praying for him. And you would have prayer meetings during his presidency and things like that. Um, but you also have some very questionable people that have surrounded Trump um, mm -hmm. lately too. And um, the one thing I really appreciate Ron DeSantis is even though you don't know how his marriage works, you do see that there's a very, um, he 
from what I've read in articles and, and you kind of see him on stage. And again, this is all speculation, but there's a huge team orientation between him and his wife. And yeah, he's kind of reported that like his wife is kind of his closest advisor to yeah, a certain, right. and she's gorgeous. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and she's, she's, she's battled cancer and she's, right. and so there's, <laughs> when you see that sort of team and, and you go through something like cancer, especially in a marriage, you come out so much stronger. Like, yes, it can be obviously hard and it can, right, it can be yeah. divisive for some couples, but it also can be a huge strength. And I, I think that poses, um, so much wisdom and, and, uh, I don't know if tenacity is the right word, but there's so much there that I see from a marriage perspective in, in a team orientedness coming from that, that I, I'm not saying that Trump and Melania are not team oriented and things like that, but there's, I, I might be getting some comments here from this, but um, I think she takes more of just sort of a supportive role with him. Um, And again, I think that there's total pluses to that and I'm not, I'm not negating that or, or, or say anything bad about it, but there seems to be more of a team orientation with Ron DeSantis, even though he is that, that leader and Trump is that leader, but there's more of a supportive role for Melania. And at least that's what I can see. And, but to me speaking out from as a woman, as a wife, um, that to me is what I see. And so I do see that Ron DeSantis is more even keel. Um, like you mentioned, yeah. I don't know if that's the cause, but, and I, I just see that being a huge advantage. Well, you know, I think you've, um, I think you've brought up a really, really good point. Um, because one of the things that we do see in our culture, and I'll tie this back to what you're saying is this, uh, this drop in marriage or the importance of marriage. Um, we see that, you know, it was kind of funny. We were talking a little bit about birth control before this started, but the birth control pill, I mean, that changed everything. It changed how we saw sex and what it's connected to. And so, you know, we have, you know, and marriage is kind of the nucleus of society. And, you know, as we've, as we've watched marriage become less important, you know, we've kind of watched society break down a little bit. Um, and so I think having a strong marriage, um, you know, I, I don't think DeSantis, uh, and his wife are believers, uh, Christians, uh, to be more accurate, uh, that doesn't mean that you can't have a good marriage if you're if you're not a Christian. Um, but you know they have a strong marriage, and I think that's a good that's a good signal um, to the rest of the world, um, and and to that as well. I mean he's he's also I have a, a bit more respect. Not it's not always the case, um, but I do have a bit more respect for people um, who have served in our military. Yeah, uh, and understand that. And so I know DeSantis has served in our military, um, and he also has a good track record as governor. Uh, and so he's also he's also younger. <laughs> um, he's also younger than Trump is. Um, you know, and and so you know I think and you I'm gonna go back to something that you said. It, it's really a question of is this the time? And I think that can't be seen yet. I don't think we're going to know. Like, is this the time for DeSantis to run? Because there's also been some hints of, like, maybe he should run in 2028. Yeah. I don't want him to run in 2028. I want him to run in 2024. Um, that's because I feel like our country is in such a dire place. Now, yeah. you know, if you... Or he d- runs in 24 and 28. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's that. Yes, I do want him to run in both. That's true. Um, but just kind of giving a closing thought uh to this, you know, if if Trump, if DeSantis and Trump go against each other and somehow Trump, you know, gets the nomination, um, you know, I would vote for Trump over yeah. any of the yeah. Democratic candidates um, at this point. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to fight like all get out 
because I want, I'd much rather have DeSantis um, at this point uh, than Trump. And I guess, you know, what happens next? I mean, two years is a long time um, for a lot of things yeah, to happen in the election cycle. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to, you know, just, you know, cross my fingers. Don't hold me on any of this. But I think that this is probably not a not a super bad opinion that I have here, if I, if I do say so myself. But Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I think if Trump... I, I, I think Trump did a great job. I think he was a great president. Yeah. Um, I, he even said, and I think I mentioned this when I did an interview with you, is he would give himself an A for presidency and like a D for public relations. And I think that's pretty accurate. You know, and I think so, I appreciate his honesty it, yeah. in that regard. Like, again, like there are some, there are good qualities about Trump. Trump is not an all horrible person. He's not. Um, it's just that the areas where he needs to be stronger in are the thing that's going to take yeah. him down. I mean, there's, just, there's polarities in what we're dealing with. And, and Ron DeSantis, if he chooses to run is a little bit more even keel. I think he does dominate in some things that Trump dominates in and, and he pulls up that, you know, middle ground in terms of public relations and how he talks and things like that. I think he is a, he is a very strong candidate. They both have pros. They both have negatives, some more than others, but yeah, as a whole, I think if either ran, I would vote for either one. Yeah. And I mean, and I think one area that Trump might attack DeSantis on on a more practical level is his lack of foreign policy experience. Um, that is definitely something that I could yeah. see Trump doing, and it makes sense. Again, pros and cons. Some exactly. Experience, but exactly. not every president had a good foreign relations um, this, <laughs> that we had. So this is true. This is very true. Um, <laughs> but Trump did some fantastic things in Israel. Um, the Abraham oh Accords, yep. um, putting our um, embassy in Jerusalem. Just fantastic stuff. Um, really, really pleased with that. And that's yeah. not just thanks to Trump. That's thanks to his amazing administration. Again, he surrounded himself with some good people. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, we can appreciate that. Um, so we are going to jump in a little bit more into the culture, um, which matters, I think, uh, quite a bit. Um, there is a brand out there, in case you live under a rock, it is called Balenciaga. Uh, it is a high-end fashion house um owned, and owned by adidas owned by adidas <laughs> yes owned by adidas and um they decided that they were going to do a new campaign uh and in this new campaign i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up this article here um you guys won't be able to see it but if you guys go online um the one thing i am disappointed in, i'm gonna tell you guys in a second uh, these ads have to do with children uh, and these articles that have covered, unless it's like Daily Wire or Breitbart or something like that, they have not blurred out these children's faces, um, yeah. which is what they should do. And so I'm very disappointed in that. But basically what happened with this ad scandal is that we have, um, and I'll just kind of describe it for you guys. Uh, we have children that look like they're about three or four years old. And they're standing in the middle of a room um, holding these very uh, creepy, may I add, um, teddy bears um, that look like they're wearing BDSM um, attire. And they're just standing there uh, holding them. Um, and also around some of these things that's notable is like some of the pictures they have like wine glasses, yeah, alcohol, um, dog things. collars, um, some really, 
really disturbing stuff um, that I was just like, okay, this is um, this is not good. And so this caused a lot of controversy. Uh, a lot of conservatives were upset about it. Um, I, you know, I want to say there's people who were not conservative who were upset about it too, which makes me happy. Um, but uh, what was very interesting here is that Balenciaga, they're like, okay, you know, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and give an apology. And so their first apology <laughs> comes out and they say, um, I think they put this on their Instagram and they said, uh, quote, we sincerely apologize for any offense our holiday campaign may have caused. Our plush bear bags should not have been featured with children in this campaign. We have immediately removed the campaign from all platforms. Now, here's what's interesting about this apology. Um, we sincerely apologize for any offense. It's kind of the same as me saying to you, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry you feel sorry. that way. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel <laughs> or, that yeah, way. Sorry that way. Uh, yeah, sorry you feel that way. But it's really a way of saying, like, the problem's really on you for feeling yeah. offended. Yeah. Um, We're sorry that you didn't like our BDSM bears. Right. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you that's your problem. We're sorry that you didn't like children um, playing with them. Yeah. Um, and so this did not cut it. Um, and so they came out with another apology for another um another image they had taken uh, that had to do with, it was a bag. Uh, there was just kind of a purse bag. And on top of it were uh, a bunch of, on top, uh, sorry, underneath it, there was a bunch of papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the papers had to do with a uh, porn case. Um, and apparently, you know, with this case, apparently- A Supreme Court case. It was a Supreme yeah. Court case. And I'm a little bit fuzzy on the details, but what I do know is that they brought this case forward saying that, you know, this, you know, protection law for children doesn't allow us to be as creatively expressive as we'd like to um, in regards to child porn. I don't even know how to. Oh. So anyway, yeah. Supreme Court, they were like, okay, yeah, we, we agree with that. Uh, and so it was a very interesting image. But anyway, here's what it said um, for that apology. And I'm going to explain why we're going to talk about this. Uh, in a second. We apologize for displaying unsettling documents in our campaign. We take this matter very seriously and are taking legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items for our spring 23 campaign photo shoot. We strongly condemn abuse of children in any form. We stand for children's safety and well-being. What a cheap apology. I'm going to tell you why I think this is cheap. I'm a photographer myself, all right? Um, And so I'm a much smaller photographer, but I tell you what, when it comes to these types of campaigns, everything is running through someone. Right. There is no, there is no way that none of that was purposeful. Right. It was basically them saying, ha ha, we can do this if we want. They go off and they do it and then people get upset and then they're like, oh crap, people are actually upset about this. We need to... Backtrack. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty much exactly uh what happened now um again this one is a little bit more personal for me in regards to they had people that were coming after the photographer and so i don't have the exact source about it so i'm going to paraphrase and the photographer um eventually responded and what this photographer does is he goes around the world uh and he takes pictures of kids it's not in a weird way but he takes a picture of kids in their room with all the stuff that they like to play with and they're very cute images. You know, I've seen them. They're cute and they're nice. 
And so very similar to these Balenciaga images, they look a lot like that, but just obviously with much worse items. And so, you know, he issues his statement and he Which says... Which makes it a little bit questionable if that guy's going to keep on doing that type of... You know, you wonder about future people that are going to be doing, allowing him to be around kids and yeah. their, all their stuff. Anyways. Right. Out. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> With allowing this, like, oh, yeah, this is this is normal. Right. And so anyway, he gives a statement. I think he's telling the truth. And he says, listen, I don't have any control over what I shoot. I'm there to light the scene. And he's correct on this. And this mm-hmm. makes sense. And he says, you know, I didn't, all I'm there to do is to light the scene and take the picture. And I said, okay, you know, this is fair. But you always have, there's no way as a photographer, you have no idea what you're shooting. He already, this photographer must have already known somewhat of what he was shooting. He had to have known a little bit about the campaign. He had to have known a little bit about his models. He wouldn't have just shown up and then suddenly, oh, wait, what? There's children and there's all these weird things, you know? And that's, here's my point. The point here is to a certain extent, I think there's greed where I blame this photographer because he could have walked away. Yeah. If I'm a photographer that has enough conscience, if I walked in on a scene, no way I'd shoot it. No way. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. no way. And so while I think he's telling the truth, I think that he was still cowardice in the long run because he still chose to shoot it anyway, even though he probably was just justifying it in his head. Like, I'm sure he found a way to make it okay, but it wasn't okay. Uh, and so I just wanted to make that as a side note. But and as a and Carrie, I mean, you're a mom and you have your second one on the way. I mean, what are these parents thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I really don't know. I, I don't. I mean, okay, yeah, the kid themselves was not they they themselves they were not in um, any sort of dress. But to put them in holding this bear and like all the alcohol around them and like just the imagery. I, I don't understand how you would al- how you'd be okay with that, even for an obscene amount of money. Like this is, I just don't understand it. I would never ever. I don't even let really wanted my daughter when I was campaigning on social media for her picture. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit different on that. And so to put to thrust someone or a, a child into something like this, to me is just I don't understand where parents are okay with it. I, I just can't fathom that. Um, well, I think, again, I think there's a certain level of, it, I think it comes back down to greed. I think that these these parents are profiting off of, obviously they're profiting off of this photo shoot. And and they might have also said, oh, this is my end to try to get them into advertisement or and it's into worth photos it. or whatever it yeah. is. It's like that stuff. It's just down, a small but, thing. Yeah. But it's a, it's a very small evil door that right. they're they're just allowing their kids to kind of run through and so um yeah it's Cause you, i don't agree with it obviously. right because you can't blame you can't blame the kids they don't know they don't really know what they're doing um they don't uh and so you have these parents that you know i, I have to think that these are the type of parents that are chasing fame for their children and are living vicariously through their child and they're willing to kind of compromise on these things like because you know if you look at the pictures <coughs> Good time getting over the flu. <laughs> um, if you look at these pictures, I mean, the kids, you know, thank God, you know, they're fully clothed. Um, you know, they're not, right. you know, they're not wearing anything. It's just the things that are around them. Like, I think that's honestly what makes it a little bit more sinister to me. Like, they look 
so innocent. Yeah. And it might've been that that's what the parents were okay with. It's like, okay, they're not doing anything. They're not wearing anything. It's just, Mm -hmm. they're holding this bear and maybe that was okay. And, and, you know, you kind of get into, okay, well, there's obviously parents who are okay with drag queens being around them, telling them in story time. And there's obviously very, very big differences in how parents feel what is okay around their children. Which you're just, you're hitting on a much bigger point though, is that the point is to sexualize the children. Like, and that's the thing, like with Balenciaga, this, this was not like them be like, oh yeah, this is cute and fun. They knew exactly what they were doing and they got caught and that's why they apologized. I'm glad there was such an outrage and it got pulled because you almost wonder if it was something so religious or so conservative that Mm -hmm. the other side would be very vocal. Um, They're very good at being vocal and making the standard. They're excellent. Who who knows if it would have been pulled. So it was great to kind of see this almost kind of a win for the conservative side for something like that to be pulled in a way. I'm, I don't know if you can claim it, but, but it is kind of good to see that that was pulled and, and so quickly, but to your point earlier, there are so many stages, so many people, managers that must have gotten handed off to check, oh yeah, this looks good, this looks good, this looks good, that for Balenciaga to pun it to the photographer or to just say, oh, we don't know how this made it through our campaign is just yeah, it's treating us like we're stupid. idiots. Yeah, yeah it's, it's treating us like we're like, stupid. We know. Come on, just own yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we own know. It. Yeah, and it gets it does get more it does get a lot more sinister than this. Um, a lot of people after this campaign, and I think Balenciaga is going to start hurting from this because I think there is enough of a public outrage. Um, it seems as if this is not. This doesn't. This type of photo shoot doesn't just come out of nowhere. Evil grows like a root, mm-hmm. um, and so. They had someone, They now they claim that she's not there anymore, um, but that does not mean that her impact uh, does not live on uh, in any way. Oh, yeah. One of their Crave directors, I, I want to say a Crave director. Let me look here to be certain. Her name is Lada uh, Volkova, um, and I think she's a stylist um, with Balenciaga, and I've had the um, horrible misfortune of seeing her images um, and... I'll kind of awful. I can describe uh, one of them for you. It's a woman uh, holding two baby dolls uh, covered in blood, Um, and there's another one with uh, you know satanic symbols. Um, Thank goodness someone has. Yeah, there's another one uh, with children uh, holding a skull up. Uh, There's also been some pictures that she's taken of children bound, um, topless, uh, in heels. Uh, things I can just, I, I can barely look at them. Um, and so you can't tell me that even though this woman is no longer there, that she hasn't brought in a ton of other people that have very similar views um, on, on these types of things. And it's just disturbing. It's terribly disturbing. And it's really sad that we haven't even cared to notice it until now. And I think what's even more sad as it took Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian loves Balenciaga and plastic surgery, but she really loves Balenciaga. And for six days, she said nothing about it because she's dripped head to toe in them. Finally, she comes out and she, she says something. She's like, okay, I'm going to reevaluate my relationship with the brand, which uh, translates to, I'm not going to stop wearing Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that a lot of other celebrities 
The public outcry was insane. Celebrities, nothing. Right. Nothing. Like we even like I even tapped and I knew I wasn't going to get an answer, but I even commented Haley Bieber, formerly Baldwin, also wears Balenciaga, and I, I asked her, and I'm, I'm always kind, and I say, listen, you know, you've you're very quick to talk about gun control, very quick to talk about gun control and abortion and all these other things. You're so fast at it. Do you have anything to say about a brand that you wear that has that has participated in child exploitation? As because you say you're a professional Christian, so I'm just going off of what you've said. Yeah, you know, will you please do this? And obviously, you know, I'm a small person, so that's not. But my whole entire point is these celebrities are so quick to jump on these other issues, and they're not willing to jump on this. They're silent because they're scared. I think they're genuinely like, oh no, we won't. They won't invite us to their shows anymore, and they won't give us clothes. It's greed. It's all greed. It's all greed and power. And that's why these celebrities won't say anything, in my opinion. I think there's truth to that. I mean, it's uh, it's disappointing where she, or Kim Kardashian, um, I think I, I was reading something else, and um, it had her tweet quotes of, as a mom of four, you know, this is really disturbing, and I'm not, this is unsettling to me. But then she's like, I'm going to reevaluate. It's like, no, walk away. If it's really disturbing to you and you see that there's an inherent issue here, walk away. Because she doesn't actually mean that apology. And that's no, I don't she think She doesn't so. mean it at all. And you know what? It's so sad is that she, if she actually walked away, she'd probably get praised for it. Oh, yeah. She would get praised for it. Yeah. But unfortunately now I think she's going to decline. Balenciaga is going to, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Balenciaga. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever they're going is, yeah. down. Adidas, Adidas, however you want to say it. I think they're going to go down. Um and I think rightfully so, sh- rightfully so um, because I, I don't, this, what was her name? Lada? Uh, Lada Valkova. Um, this might be getting into a, not a topic you want to talk about on podcast, but I will You can say whatever it. you want to <laughs> say. It's fine. <laughs> but I do think that when you have this type of people and I've, and I've worked in those environments, um, there's, there's a, spiritual warfare and, mm-hmm. and people yeah, who are no, believers, right. they understand this and, and whether or not she was still there and had some sort of piece of it or whether or not it's just the remnants of that, mm-hmm. there is that sort of, that evil kind of spiritual aspect that still plagues that place, um, or could pl- plague that place. And I still think that could have had, um, ties into this campaign and, you know, whether it be in the, the, the spiritual realm or in people or whatever it is, but her, her, influences were still present and and that's obviously uh, um, evident there and so that's I don't I don't see that um, changing for the future of Balenciaga they might tailor it down but at some point they're going to bring it back out yeah no I I agree I agree I don't think it's just going to go away uh, that easily unless you root out uh, the people that are there Um, and Kim who also claimed to be a Christian yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Again, I'm not going to judge her. I don't know her personally, and yeah. I haven't followed her, or listened to anything she has to say. So yeah. I have no idea where she is. Um, but you know, it's like, okay, where are you there? Yeah, where, where are your thoughts? It's so it's it's coming from multiple different areas, um, from a spiritual perspective, obviously from just a straight moral perspective. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with that fully. And I think Kim Kardashian, you can tell where her where her God is. Um, yeah. I don't think she's a believer. I don't think she has any fruits of being a believer. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that would just that would just be my thoughts on that. 
Um, we are just about out of time. I feel like we've covered a lot and we still haven't even dented everything that we wanted to. Um, but that is it for today's news corner. Uh, we're going to be bringing these back um, throughout 2023, as well as keeping on with having some amazing guests. You're not going to want to miss out on them. Um they're pretty great, and we're really excited about them. Um, so make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Rumble, if that is your thing. You can make sure you check for updates. If you have any questions you want to send us or inquiries, you can send it to resonantskeptics at gmail.com. Carrie, thank you so much. Thanks so much for, for having me. This yeah. is so much fun. Yes. Always good to have a guest come back as a host. <laughs> oh, emotions. And don't worry, Connor and his dry uh, sense of humor will be with us next time.